Hello, friends. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records, Temple Guard, Spear of the Revenant, coming out soon on From Within Records. This is a split release with a new label from the UK named Eco Defense. So please keep an eye out for that. You can listen to the music now on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your music, it's there. So please listen to Temple Guard and support them. It's going to be awesome. Next week, Once in Unity Comp Volume 3. It's crazy that it's finally here. I hope all of you are still just as excited as I am. So please keep an eye out for that. Statement of Pride and Adrian, East Coast Fall Tour. That's starting at the end of the month. If you're in Long Island, Rahway, Philly, or Upton, please make sure to go out to those shows. Support Statement of Pride. Support Adrian. Two very awesome bands doing it right now. If you're not following From Within Records on social media, please go boot up your Twitter, your Instagram. Click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. If you're looking for high quality merch, please go follow my friends Good Fortune Printing on Instagram. You can contact them uh, through email, contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. They're an amazing business out of Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. They print awesome merch for a lot of your favorite bands. So please support them, hit them up, do business with them. You can thank me later. On today's episode, we had to track down our good friend Jerry, sings for a band called Standstill. And I'm such a huge fan of Standstill, I can't get over that band. And if you're not familiar, please hit pause, go boot up your Spotify, your Apple Music, your Tidal, YouTube, Bandcamp, whatever, and go search out Standstill. They just put out a new record recently through Days and Triple B titled In a Moment's Notice. You can stream that EP and then come back here and listen to Jerry and I speak about the band. It's awesome. And it was fun for me because I got to see Standstill last year in Wilkes-Barre at SWB and they lived up to everything that I heard about that band before that. So it, it was such a good experience for me and I've been following the band ever since. And like I said, if you haven't listened to the band yet, do yourself a favor. Don't sleep on them. They're doing awesome stuff and I'm dying to see them on the West Coast, see them on the East Coast. It would be great to have them out here on the West Coast. I know a lot of people are anticipating their trip out West. But please, strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Jerry to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Jerry. How's it going? It's going. It's going. I'm a little tired. I only had one yerba mate today. I usually have two, but I'm, I, I decided to be good to my body. 
Yeah, you know, I, I'm in that same boat. I normally pound Red Bulls, but I've had to denounce drinking any energy drinks from this point going forward. Really? Why is that? I just me asking. Oh, no, it's totally fine. No, I just started to uh, have these weird chest pains, which I'm like, hmm, maybe <laughs> it's due to the <laughs> excessive amount of Red Bulls that I drink. And I'm pretty active, but I just uh, kind of like want to lay back on it because that's a pretty bad habit that I have. Yeah. Yeah. I used to drink a lot of Red Bull and um, it started giving me like fucking stomach ulcers. I mean, that combined with other shit. <laughs> Like I was probably like taking too much Advil because I was getting a lot of headaches and just eating kind of bad in general because I was like in college. But uh, I, yeah, it was like burning fucking holes in my stomach. And also like taurine's like bad for your heart, or at least that's like what I've heard. So I try to stick to just coffee or tea now, but I need it. I, I'm I'm, a, I'm desperately addicted to caffeine. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Interesting. You okay. know? Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I frequent my local coffee shop to the point where uh, everyone knows my name and I walk in and I, I it's kind of strange. I, I don't have to order because they know what I get. Cause I, I've gotten the same thing all summer. Uh, which is a uh, they call it the summer peach ice shaker which it's just a fancy way to call their uh, peach tea but it's really good so i always have to go in there and uh, grab a cup uh, you know at some point during the day that's cool where where are you based i, I don't know what I, I might know what shop you go to oh well i live in uh, anaheim but there's a coffee shop in the next city over uh, and it's called insight coffee okay i haven't been there i've only been to anaheim once um that sounds good though um, I had really good tacos in Anaheim while I was there, but that's like a given, right? Yeah, you're you're in Southern California, and you can find good tacos in any which direction. There's a, a yeah. ton of good spots out here. Yeah, I was I was at Chain Reaction. I went to a spot literally down the road. It was uh, it was like it was a birria spot, but it was um, birria Guadalajara, I think it's called. Okay, and it's like yeah, right down the road from Chain Reaction. It was fucking awesome. Now, really good. now I'm curious, what were you doing at Chain Reaction? I was, um, I used to work with uh, CU Space Cowboy. Oh, okay. I was at, I was at their, like, uh, I, I guess it was their record release show. It was, they were just doing like a headliner there. Mm -hmm. So um, I was there with them. But yeah, that was cool. I, I, I go to, I go to LA, like, kind of frequently nowadays. Um, like, I, I think I've been like two or three times in the past year. So um, I'm over there a good amount. But yeah. Is that just for business or pleasure? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I work with a couple bands out there. So um, like the, the, the most recent thing I was, I was um, TMing for terror. So I had to like, you know, go out there to meet up with the team and then go from there. And do you like that uh, side of the music business? I do. I do. Um, I've been involved with it for, I guess, like a year, year and a half now, pretty much like post COVID, like when, if you want to call it post COVID, when everything started kind of coming back, I started, I, I was booking shows before that, but I was more interested in the back end of things. And I have a lot of friends that work in the industry in mm -hmm. those forms. So I was interested in it, um, got a couple of good opportunities and uh, yeah, it's, it's been cool. You know, it's cool doing the band thing and being on the road and then also being able to go out on the road and not do the band thing, you know, mm -hmm. even though it's work, like obviously you're there for a reason, but 
you get to see a different perspective when you're in that, you know, situation. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah. I, yeah. I used to, uh, want to be a professional, uh, merch person. Right. So I uh, have some friends that uh, do it full time and uh, I was trying to um, actually like step into that, uh, that lane. So I, I got, uh, you know, invited to do some like really professional stuff and got to see how um it's actually like really organized but before i, I just you know it, i was oblivious to it because i'm just there you know here's my money give me my shirt but once i stepped into that spot i i saw how um, my friends did it and kept everything like super organized so now whenever i go out to shows i, I was just kind of i'm curious to see how people set up their stuff so i, I that's like changed the way that i, I look at um, like a, a merch table you know going forward yeah i feel that i i was the same way i worked retail for a long time mm -hmm. like pretty much like all my teenagers and like in while i was going to college i was working zoomies like the whole fucking time um and you realize how similar that field is to like doing merch um i mean literally in just the fact that you're flipping shirts but also just the way you need to talk to people and communicate and like offer alternatives when you're out of shit you know like you pick up certain things doing the retail life that you can use in like the merch life um and then yeah just talking to people like is is a cool thing too but i you know definitely had to learn a lot from experience and like fucking things up and then realizing better ways to do certain things um especially when you're doing it for a month straight um you make a lot of mistakes so and it's you know a lot of people will be like well it's just you're just selling shirts like what could possibly be so hard about that but like, and there is definitely a work ethic to it and certain things you need to do and not do so yeah 100 it it's cool though yeah and as far as uh, you doing this uh you know tming role uh how did you uh uh, you know, fall into that as far as, um, you know, getting to, to learn that position since it's something new for you. Do you have someone you can lean on for, for reference or if you have any questions or are you just kind of learning as you go? Yeah. I mean, so my, uh, my good friend Colin and, uh, my friend, my newer friend, uh, uh Vitalo, they started a company called gold theory, um, which um, Vitalo manages, you know, a lot of bands like, Turnstile, Knocked Loose, Terror, Harms, like, you know, a, a, a big list of bands. And mm -hmm. Colin kind of came up with him. Um, so I have both of them, you know, in terms of like being able to bounce stuff off of and learn new things. I mean, like I've been friends with Colin for such a long time and, you know, I've been able to along the way learn a lot of things from him, you know, and now having a closer role with him is pretty cool because i you know like i said i'm new to this but i'm i feel like i'm getting like a good amount of information i also um i worked for a long time with uh my friend james who uh does a lot of like bands as well like a lot of mostly metal bands um but he taught me a lot too he kind of helps me like get into the whole industry like in the first place um mostly long and i'm sure in the course of this conversation long island's going to come up a lot but you know everyone that's from here that ends up doing cool shit is always down to help their friends out and help them do cool shit so our circle is pretty tight you know so when when one of us wins all of us win kind of kind of thing so you know i've i've had a lot of help from a lot of friends that i've met just through 
going to shows on Long Island and stuff. And it's it's cool to know that like a, a good amount of people from here have been able to make their way not not to say like they made their way out, but you know they're they're doing awesome shit. So it's it's cool to be able to have people like that to lean on. Hundred percent, yeah. And um, uh, Colin actually helped me set up the. Uh, I, I did an interview with um, uh, Danny, uh, who's a local drummer f- from your area, uh, plays in in incendiary, uh, and he reached out and asked if I, I wanted to talk to anybody from the band. I'm like, hell yeah, I love that band. I, I, w- I would love to do that. And so, yeah. shout out to Colin. Uh, forever grateful for that and uh, for anyone um, who may not remember Vitalo, uh, a hardcore legend i'll never forget how bummed i was when backtrack announced that they were um, you know hanging it up um but it's definitely cool to see him still out here i'm heavily involved uh still in the music scene and putting on for a, a lot of bands and I'm, I'm definitely happy to hear that there's that that strong bond uh with everybody out there in long island because I, I know how uh, easy uh you know uh, people can change and get competitive and not want to help their friends along the way. Uh, so to, to hear that you guys still have that strong bond, I, I think it's really awesome. Yeah, no, it's, and Danny's the homie too. I mean, it's again, one of those things where it's such a small place and like everyone kind of knows each other to some extent. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely appreciate all the help I've gotten from those guys and, you know, hopefully, in the future, you know, there'll be a fucking younger kid from Long Island that's like looking up to me for like advice when it comes to shit like that. You know, that's the goal is just to keep passing the torch forever, you know, so. Yeah, and I, I think you guys are doing a, a great job with all the current active bands on, on Long Island. Uh, I, I feel like it definitely I, I'd be very surprised if there wasn't someone who was inspired from what you and your friends are doing just because the the impact that it's having on the the greater scene and how big, you know, the, if you look at a band like uh, Koyo, for example, the, you know, you're wearing their hoodie right now. Uh, they hit the ground running once shit started happening and your know, shows started coming back. I just feel like they haven't stopped and the amount of growth that they've had in just a, like, you know, about a year is insane. And if you look at a band like Pain of Truth, right, started uh, during the pandemic and arguably one of the bigger hardcore bands currently going on right now, uh, and even your band Standstill, uh, since you guys have started, you know, uh, I haven't heard nothing but great things about you guys. And um, obviously the trajectory is just going up and up for you guys. So it, it's something cool to be able to uh, watch and see uh, Long Island continue to thrive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I, like everyone you know we're all fucking tight with koyo and you know we went on tour with pain of truth that whole aspect of it is a given you know we we are all we've been friends for years so it's you know i don't think it's a coincidence that like koyo fucking started doing huge shit at the same time as pain of truth you know and then like we're there just like fucking right behind them like trudging along when when one of us wins we all win you know even if it's on accident I mean, obviously the correlation is a little bit stronger with us and pain of truth because we toured, but I mean, obviously the majority of the time, the conversation about us gets brought up, then, you know, Koyo gets in the picture eventually, or people are talking about Koyo, they talk about standstill or whatever, or just Long Island in general. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's by design, you know, it, that's kind of how it's been forever too. Um, I talk about this all the time, how like the first movie life tour was with Kill Your Idols, you know, which is like, 
something no one would ever expect that isn't from here. But when you know the context, it it makes complete sense, you know. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, no, I, I definitely love that. I, and I love that um, just the style of music that, uh, you know, Koyo, Standstill, um, Victory Garden, even Somerset Third, you guys, uh, just that sound, uh, the, the fact that it's all coming from like just like one, uh, you know, uh, area, it, it's definitely amazing. And especially if you look back at the history of music that's, uh, you know, from your area, it, it just definitely makes sense. And it's cool to see that there's like this whole new wave of bands kind of keeping that style alive. Right, right. I mean, and that's how it's been, you know, I mean, I guess for the longest time, there weren't a whole lot of bands carrying the torch. I mean, Somerset's been around for a while in terms of like current bands that are still doing it. Um, you know, not that I mean, movie life and crime are still playing shows, but, um, you know, Somerset, I remember seeing Somerset when I was 17 and they were opening for the story so far. Um, and you know, even back then, like they were getting awesome reactions and they still do, um, you know, they're like on track to be like, you know, literal like legends, um, in terms of like our community. Um, and I mean, they, they were before like, you know, listen to agent, you know, that's like, again, stuff from the past that is, you know, getting, replicated in one way or another to this day, especially by my band, you know, um, it's been around for a long time. We've had so many bands that paved the way for that sound. Um, and I've, I, I would argue that we don't necessarily have an, a monopoly on it, but we definitely have the majority, you know, of mm -hmm. bands that are doing that thing. You know, that's why it's hard for us to not necessarily find bands that, sound like us but it's definitely a geographic thing um i when, when we just went on the tour with uh ben blue and they're from uh san diego mm -hmm. and one of them mentioned that they could tell just by my like vocal inflections that we were a long island band and i don't i i, I didn't necessarily put two and two together um i mean obviously i am trying to replicate guys like tommy corrigan and you know, Christian Halbert and whatever. Um, but it definitely is a thing that is a little infectious when we start bands that sound like that. Um, there are just certain things you kind of carry along. I could reference there are chord progressions that are shared between like at least four or five bands I can name off the top of my head that are all from Long Island. It's, you know, everyone kind of doing the same communal thing at the same time. Um, and no one really bats and i are complaints about it because that's just how it is i guess yeah it, it is pretty interesting that uh when you look at the rest of the country there's not many bands doing that style of music um when you mention uh you know uh, like stan still koyo like uh, that type of like alternative stuff uh and it's kind of surprising just because there there is a history of that style of music but for some reason uh, nobody else has tried to tap in or has tried to replicate or do anything um as good uh, so I, I always find it interesting, but also kind of special when you look at it. It's like, wow, it's all coming from this one place. Yeah. I mean, other places definitely do it. I just think they do it a little different. You know, I wouldn't say any any scene is like, I'm obviously I'm going to, you know, blow the horn for Long Island for the rest of my life. But mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't say any specific uh, crux of 
melodic hardcore is better than another you know obviously i have a favorite but there are other places like i you know i'm not going to start naming places but um you know what i mean like there are obviously plenty of other bands that have done the style justice and done it really well i just think that we have the most bands that have done it well you know Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I 100% agree. It'd be really hard to argue that just because the if you just look at the body work and what you guys are doing currently, and what you've done before, it's uh, yeah, it's hard to you know have an argument against that. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Band Blue. I, I am kind of curious. Uh, how did that tour come about? Because uh, a band from San Diego, uh, a band to be honest, uh, from out I'm out here in Southern California, they don't get talked about too much. I, I know that they, they, they um, put out a new record recently. But um, I feel like they deserve more attention. I, I think what they're doing is cool, but I, I'm curious uh, how did that whole thing get set up? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, t- to be completely honest, they emailed us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm not sure uh, which one of them did, but someone emailed us at some point and said, hey, we're looking to do an East Coast run around this time. Do you want to help us out with it or do you want to do it with us? And it kind of lined up with the timeline of us releasing our last EP. So, we were like, sure. And it was honestly months of trial and error in terms of planning. You know, we were going to have a different headliner or we were going to like do it for this amount of time in these places and like stuff kind of kept popping up and falling through. Eventually we settled on a route. My friend Josh from uh, State of Mind helped us book it. And, you know, I think when it was all said and done, it ended up being really cool, especially you know, for us, because we were playing a bunch of places that we haven't played before. Um, but I mean, they had their first batch of East Coast shows be like really cool and for the most part smaller. But in terms of like actual turnout, people coming, people enjoying it. I mean, they had a better reaction than us some nights, you know, just because like they have that that energy, you know, so it turned out to be really cool for both of us. I think uh, we were able to get them on a magnitude show in Connecticut. Also, we booked a show for them on Long Island um, at a place called Frogs, which is like a really shitty dive, and you could fit probably like forty kids in there. But it was honestly a really cool show. Um, so yeah, and they're all really cool guys. Um, we honestly had a blast with them. So hopefully, when we end up getting out to SoCal, we'll be able to play with them because yeah, I, I agree, they definitely deserve more attention. Um, that was one of the things I noticed when I was listening to them. Like, obviously, yes, they have that revolution summer thing and like the posi thing, but like there is a little bit of that, like melodic hardcore sound that I love so much, like implanted in their music. Um, and it makes sense because they love that shit. Like they love long Island bands and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was cool playing shows with them. I like that band a lot. And, uh, you know, I want to see them do a whole lot more. Hundred percent. Yeah, it'd be cool to see them do more. Hopefully, uh, that run out there help expose them to more people and gain a bigger audience. And hopefully, when they uh, you know settle down or excuse me, settle down out here, and, uh, they'll be able to do more. So yeah, yeah, and for sure. You mentioned when you come out to Southern California. Is, are those like in the plans, or is that just? It, it's gonna happen eventually. It's gotta happen eventually. I mean, like you know, we we just gotta iron everything out. But hopefully, we'll be making it out there pretty soon. Okay, that's cool. That's certainly awesome to hear because I'm uh, dying to see you guys again. Because, uh, yeah. like I mentioned to you uh, 
through messages that I, I was able to catch you guys uh, at SWB, uh, which feels like forever ago at this point. But uh, yeah, yeah. But, but it was definitely something that I was, uh, you know, stoked to experience because uh, just being a newer band to me, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I, I want to be able to check them out because I, I love the first record. So it was only a, uh-huh. a good time. Yeah, that that fest was awesome. I, I people come up to me all the time and like say, "Oh, I saw you at SWB," and I, it's really cool too because through playing that fest, I mean, we've played uh, Pennsylvania, like we played Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, a couple months ago. But I mean, through that Wilkes Bar show, I mean, we met a lot of people, uh, made a lot of friends there. Um, we obviously we did that tour with Wild Red. They're like all from that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, Wilkes Bar had like a big presence at our at a record release show because Wild Red played and Warren played. Um, so it was really cool being able to, you know, make that connection to that area. It was a really cool fest. Um, and I'm, I'm glad people are still talking about it, you know. 100%. Yeah, it's cool just to you know, take these opportunities and play these shows. And you never really kind of know what the result's going to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, we were doing that was part of the the paint of truth run i believe mm-hmm. um and we knew that it was going to be like one of the better shows for sure but um no it was it was really it was just fun you know it was just one of those fests where it was just fun you know because it wasn't like outside it wasn't super tiring there weren't like you know a thousand people there it was like it was just cool so and the location was like awesome too like just like kids riding quads in the street like in the mountains and shit like it was it was kind of funny it was cool yeah sure. yeah it was my first time uh, to that venue because apparently they had uh, some legendary shows back in the day but yeah it was my first time traveling out there for that yeah yeah i didn't hear about that but that sounds that sounds legit mm-hmm Okay, well, w- w- want to uh, dive into Standstill. Uh, just want to take it back to the, the very beginning. Uh, how did the whole band form? Um, so three of the members of Standstill were in a band called Discolor, um, and that is Steve, Brian, and Andre, uh, both guitars and the drummer. And Discolor was a little bit slower, a little bit more grungy, um, they played a lot of cool Long Island shows um, a bunch of years back. And then um, Steve was doing vocals. He decided he didn't really want to do it anymore. So they were going to start a new band, change the name. Um, my friend Matt came into the picture at some point to play bass. And, um, you know, they were looking for a vocalist. They'd asked a bunch of people. Um, at that time, it was pretty much like not peak covid uh it was it was you know around like everything was shut down but like matt had asked me to do vocals for the band and at at first i said no because i at that point you know didn't really know what was going on i like i wasn't about to just jump in to a full commitment with a band with no shows happening you know it just seemed kind of weird um but like obviously i was a fan of the style um I actually didn't really hear any of the songs before I went to the first practice. He just kind of like explained it to me. It's like, oh, it's like Long Island stuff, like pop punk, emo, whatever. And I was like, okay, it sounds kind of weird, but sure. Uh, (laughs) And then went to practice with them, you know, heard the songs. I liked them a lot. We kind of started from there and it gave us um, a, a long amount of time to actually like write and record instead of like 
I feel like a, a lot of the time a band will start, you know, they'll write three songs, maybe put out a demo and they'll play a show. Mm. And the time period of starting the band to playing your first show is, you know, two or three months, um, which there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, it's fun being able to just start a band and play a show and fucking, you know, do the thing. But I feel like it gave us the right amount of like in terms of shows not being able to happen it gave us the right amount of time to be able to write a lot of songs that we thought were good you know record them all find a label that wanted to put them out you know do the cycle do like we did the live sessions at silver bullet um and then play our first show um and that just made our our first show so much cooler because we'd already been a band for months and months and months we had already put out an ep you know, and then like people finally got to see us and it was, you know, it was awesome. That show was awesome. It was one of the Koyo record release shows, the the first one. Um, and yeah, that, that shit was, was ill as fuck. Yeah. So I, I guess, sorry, I guess in terms of like origins, you know, um, it's not necessarily atypical, but I wouldn't really want to start another band a different way. You know, I think that is kind of like the ideal format for it you know what i mean 100 yeah you, you kind of uh, give a chance to let the legend kind of build and let people uh have a, a chance to bond a little longer with the songs yeah so i mean and that was the thing too is i didn't feel necessarily rushed to finish lyrics mm-hmm. um i didn't really have to sit on anything like sorry i i i was able to sit on them long enough to be able to like get used to them um make sure i actually liked them which a lot of the time i didn't a lot of the time i would write some shit and hate it and be like all right right, it sounds cool you know and again it was like i we didn't really know the trajectory of the band we didn't know like if anyone was going to give a fuck or not so not that i didn't care about the lyrics i was writing but i wasn't like super as I wasn't as self-critical as I was, I would typically be, you know, like the, the chorus to, uh, to there's no autumn here. I fucking hated it. Like I, I thought it was like just sappy and stupid, but then I just tracked it. Cause I was like, I don't really feel like writing anything else. So I'm just going to put it out and it, you know, ended up being one of the biggest sing-along parts. So. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because uh, you can obviously view your own art in one way, but once you put it out there for the public to see, uh, it, it's kind of interesting that you don't really know where it's going to go. Because uh, just for that course, for instance, for instance, like you uh, just tracked it because uh, you don't want to write anything else. But like you said, it turned out to be one of the biggest sing along parts. It's always interesting when um, you could hate something that you created, but uh, you know your fans out there could absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I I don't know if I necessarily hated it. I just thought it was like, I thought I could do better. Mm-hmm. Um, but something I've learned through like years of writing music and, and tracking music and producing or whatever um, is that most of the time, it's not that you can do something better. It's just that you can do something different. So I could have wrote a million different choruses to that song and I probably would have felt the same about any of them. You know, sometimes you just have to like pick something and go with it because like I, like I say a lot in terms of like my own music making, like I'm, I'm not necessarily a perfectionist. I'm just 
a uh, like a like a a choice maker. You know what I mean? Like nothing I do is like perfect in my own mind. It's just a matter of being able to stick with something and not veer off the trail. You know, so that especially lends itself to writing lyrics because you could say a hundred different things about one thing, you know, but you got to figure out one thing to say or else people won't fucking remember it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And uh, you, yeah, sometimes you just gotta uh, you know, pick one and go. Cause if not, you could sit there and uh, kind of just be in this endless cycle of not really second guessing yourself, but just kind of, uh, you know, questioning, is this the right one? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it's hard, especially for this band. Um, I mean, I was kind of writing stuff that I hadn't written before, um, or at least trying to write what I thought was appropriate for the music. Um, but I think it ended up turning out okay. For the new songs we're writing, I'm definitely trying to be a little bit less, like, um, a little less wordy, I guess. You know, I want it to be, like, just in the same way that, like, traditional hardcore is just, like, raw like emotion like saying a lot with few words kind of thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. no yeah no for sure i i, I definitely get that because uh, sometimes uh, it, it can be fun uh, obviously like, reading the super wordy stuff and trying to decipher what's being said but also if you just get straight to the point like yeah sometimes uh you know saying something with less words that uh, could definitely have way more meaning yeah yeah um i mean i can think of a, a lot of bands that are master like lifetime is one of them you know like lifetime songs are usually just like very catchy like the, like you know from start to finish very catchy very hooky like every line is rememberable you know that kind of thing um i love shit like that yeah no for sure and you're gonna have a way more engaging experience yeah yeah definitely and you know the writing process for the, the lyrics uh, was it hard for you to you, know, you kind of step into uh, you know this lane and write like you know a, a new type of lyrics since you said you, you yeah, weren't used to it it wasn't too hard i mean i didn't have to be as picky about what i was talking about you know um and like my my comparison point is my my previous band which was a lot heavier you know mm-hmm. screamed vocals like the whole thing but um you know for that band i was like a lot of the songwriting was a little bit more political um or like trying to like talk about things that i don't necessarily always think feel like are appropriate with this band not that i can't say shit like that with mm-hmm. this band, but it's just you know uh it's a it's a different platform for that kind of thing so instead i was just trying to Right. And I, I got a lot of inspiration from there's like a there's a saves a day documentary where Chris Connolly talks about how he was writing lyrics in college and he was doing like uh, like writing assignments where he had to like write. I, I, I could be getting this fucking wrong, but he had to write like poems or, you know, short stories or whatever, just based on like a feeling um, and just expanding on it as much as he could i'm pretty sure that's what i heard but Mm -hmm. i took that Mm -hmm. tried to apply it to myself and my experiences and shit and that's kind of how a lot of those lyrics came out but also it's cool because with this band and with 
you know, more melodic poppy bands in general, you know, sometimes you could say something that means nothing. And as long as it sounds cool, as long as it's catchy, it it's, you know, it's got the hook appeal, that whole thing, you can kind of rock with it. So there's a lot of lines on both of these EPs where I just am kind of saying things that sound cool. Uh, and a lot of the time those will become the parts that um, resonate the most with people because I'm not putting any attachment on it. It's like completely up for interpretation because it, I mean, almost means nothing. You know, obviously it came from somewhere, but people are able to latch onto it, and make their own story a little bit easier, you know? Yeah. And sometimes that is uh, fun, especially for someone, uh, you know, who created it, right? You can kind of sit back and kind of watch and read uh, everyone's own interpretation of um, that right. lyric. Yeah. There's uh, one time um, you mentioned Victor Yard earlier. We were at LDB and me and the singer of that band, his name is Duncan. We were talking about um, songs and he was talking about his song, Madeline, which um, to me, you know, means something completely different than his you know what he was writing it for um like he was writing it about like his kid growing up and like all of like the memories and stuff of that experience you know where i'm like attaching it to completely different things that have nothing to do with it. i don't have a kid i don't have like you know any of the same experiences that he does but i'm able to take that song and interpret it my own way which is really cool like you know he gets his experience from it and i get mine and we're all even i i really appreciate stuff like that where you're able to walk that line of you know lit like being super literal and like telling a very specific story and leaving something completely up for interpretation you know i think finding that balance is really important yeah i feel like that's one important thing about music that makes it fun right you can listen to it and uh, you hear it in your own way because i honestly feel like uh not everyone listens to the music and hears it the same yeah yeah it's like i said before it's it's you know uh nothing is better or worse it's just different for sure you know so someone's interpretation of a song isn't better or worse than someone else's interpretation it's just different Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and, and as far as uh, writing lyrics, do you actually like take time to like sit down and have like writing sessions, or do you get these random spurts of inspiration throughout the day, and you have to like bust out your phone and open the notes <laughs> app? Pretty much, I'm 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 definitely a little bit uh, ADHD when it comes to writing lyrics. I'm ADHD in terms of everything, but you know I, what I'll do typically is I'll have like a notes folder in my phone, um, and I will like think of something random put it down, you know, save them all for like when they make sense. Or I will, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down with a song and have like a, a you know, very specific story I want to tell and spend hours just kind of chipping away at it. Um, you know, it's never the same for every, for every track. Um, I think more recently I've been letting it be a little bit more impulsive. Um, because I feel like when I like lock myself to a chair and try to write, it can come out a little contrived. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I mean, we have like a, a, a good batch of songs written right now. We're, we're going to start doing pre-pro for LP one in like October. Um, and we have a good batch of songs written now. I don't have lyrics for any of them because I, not that I'm procrastinating. Maybe it is a little bit of procrastination. Maybe this is just my brain making up an excuse for me to procrastinate, but whatever. Um, I've been waiting until I have everything in front of me and then I can kind of figure out the way I want everything to flow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then once I have that sorted, then I'll, I'll try to bang everything out. You know, like I've, uh, when we did the, uh, the, the, the song on our, our new EP in a moment's or the songs called trading places. Um, the dude that sings at the end of it, his name is Ryan. He sings in a band called inner love, a really fucking awesome band for anyone who hasn't listened to them. It's not hardcore, but it's really fucking good. Um, and he literally wrote that whole line off the time. And it, it's not like a long, you know, super, uh, you know, uh, wordy part or anything, but he wrote everything on the spot sang it you know like from pen to paper to tracking vocals took about an hour and it came out really fucking cool um you know and he does that for almost all of his songs like i've been in a lot of the writing sessions and recording sessions and he'll do that almost for everything um where he'll just be at the studio like writing a part seeing what comes to his head um so i appreciate that too so again it's finding a balance yeah, and, and to me, it's uh, very surprising because uh, I feel like I'm an overthinker, and I'm like, man, I just like if I was in that position, I would be like, okay, I just created this. Is this actually up to the standards? Is this good enough? So it, it, it trips me out when I hear stories like that, or even when I um, you know, I listen to rap too. So that when I hear about certain rappers going in and just kind of you know punching in, and you know it's all uh, you know off the top of the head and, and nothing really written down, I'm just like, damn, this is crazy. They're creating these like you know platinum hits with you know yeah. just like these ideas that just came to them on the spot so yeah it, it, it's, uh-huh. it's it's definitely um really interesting and um, impressive because I, I feel like i would just be too um like uh not really scared but i i think i, I would just uh, be like okay like let's sit on this a little longer and not just let it you know be like the final right yeah i um so i like i produce music also um and recently i did a project for our um, uh, a guy that does merch for us pretty frequently. His name is Jay, and uh, he's a rapper, and he has a project called J Six. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made a beat for him, and I went to his house, and we were, um, you know, I showed it to him. I had sent it to him like earlier that week, but we were um, like, I went to his house. He had nothing written for it. He had he had not a single bar written for the whole song yet. Um, and he was like, all right, just play it. And like, I, I played it, you know, we sat there for maybe like a half hour, 45 minutes of just like playing the track over and over and over again. And um, he sat there and wrote every fucking bar and it came out like awesome. You know, it, it hopefully I'll be putting it out within like the next few weeks. Um, but yeah, it, it, it turned out super cool. So he's one of those dudes who can literally just like, all right, play it, sit down, write everything out, you know. Mm. three verses easy you know yeah that's crazy yeah I feel like, like, it, it was awesome. I, I, I was just thinking about too many things like damn like 
where I, I would feel like I was on the clock and there'd be like way too much pressure and I would be like need more, way more time. I, I'd have to come <laughs> prepared. I, I don't think I could get handed like a piece of paper and a pen and be like, all right, cool. Write lyrics to the song right now. Yeah. I guess that's what carves out really great rappers, you know, mm-hmm. is the dudes who are able to freestyle for an hour, you know, yeah, and just have that wordplay just like in the memory bank all the time. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Juice World, and he—I'm not sure if you're familiar with Juice World, but he was able yeah, to, yeah. yeah, go out and just rap on a you know moment's notice and go on for as long as he wanted to. Right. Yeah, I never saw any of his freestyle videos. Yeah, he has this legendary one. I think it's with a uh, uh, Tim Westwood, maybe. I think, but he goes on for like a really long time, and and, and actually, and when you listen to it, it like it, it's actually pretty good for as long as he's going. It's just all off the top. Like I, I'm definitely surprised. I'll have to send you a link to it. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, do that. That's okay. cool. Yeah, and, no, I'm a, I'm a big fan of hip hop too. Okay, and I, I had no idea. So now I'm way more curious. Uh, How did you get into making beats? Um. I mean, I was fucking around a lot with it in college. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of like Mad Lib and Jay Dilla and like just dudes like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was doing a good amount of sampling and just fucking around with like drum BSTs in college. During COVID, I decided to get a little bit more serious about it. So I, um, you know, I bought a DAW and like a bunch of equipment and started really doing it more frequently and around the same time i was getting a lot more interested in electronic music i mean i have been my whole life um not my whole life whatever in like you know my teenage years and stuff i was getting a lot into like you know radiohead and apex twin uh fortet um tyco guys like that and then within like i think like the past like three or like two or three years i was getting a little bit more into breakbeat stuff square pusher and just diving a little bit deeper into that whole culture um went to a couple raves whatever just started investing myself a little bit more in that whole hemisphere and ended up buying a couple drum machines or uh you know drum machine a synthesizer working a little bit harder on making my stuff sound like good um started sampling a lot more vinyl um so whatever i started a project called windows which is my last name Mm -hmm. which is um mostly just for like dj stuff or like you know stuff that i can mix into a set um you know a little bit on like the idm side of stuff like uh i could compare it to like Autecker or like yeah like early Aphex Twin um and then more recently I've been like I said getting more interested in sampling and like analog stuff so hopefully I'll be putting out more like solo music in the next year I have like a bunch of stuff I've been sitting on um so yeah it's like not something I'm pushing super hard right now but it is something I want to be a little bit more serious about in the future get some label support hopefully like be able to do the thing because uh it's stuff that i really like and not to drag this story on for too long but um the whole reason why i wanted to get more serious about it was because i was in a motorcycle accident broke my arm uh like a year ago um and i wasn't able to play guitar or drums or anything um i still really can't like i'm still like 
you know, doing PT and recovering and shit. Um, which is crazy because it's been a year, but I like rebroke it halfway through, whatever. It, it's it's a fucked up whole thing. Um, but I wasn't able to play any instruments. I wasn't able to help in like the standstill writing process at all or like make my own music in any form. So I decided to get a little bit more invested in producing because it was something I could do with less, um, you know, physical strain on my healing fucking bones. <laughs> you know what I mean? And no, and I, I think it's awesome to, to hear about that because you definitely sound really passionate about doing that. So it's, it's definitely awesome to, to hear and it has me interested because it makes me want to check it out and see what you have uh, you know, lined up for the future with that project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it. I, I, I want to my, my goal, like my, uh, you know, my idea in my head of like what I want it to become is like, you know, standstill goes on tour and I fucking bring my DJ shit and I'm just like playing after every show or something like that, you know, um, and then doing stuff like standalone as well. But yeah, that's like the whole the, the gist of it. Okay. And I remember at uh, SWB, you were in, uh, I'm not sure if it was a cast or definitely in a sling, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. I was at that point, I was in a, uh, an exo cast, which is like a, you know, um, it functions the same as like a hard cast, but it's removable. Mm -hmm. And I had that for like months and months and months and months and months. Um, and I think, yeah, it was that was before I rebroke it. Um, I like, like I said, I was in the accident last August, um, was healing, had the, the fucking little cast on and then was playing a show in Syracuse with space cowboy in like, uh, de December of last year. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like leaning on a barricade and my fucking arm bent like a pencil. Um, so I had to go to the ER the next day they fucking yoked it back in place. And, uh, I was in the fucking cast for another six to eight months, whatever it was. So it's a full year later and it's still a little wonky. So I don't know how, I don't know if it'll ever be like the same, the same again. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a little bit of an ordeal, but the whole reason I bring that up is because like for the longest time, people thought it was a fucking gimmick, you know, cause I, I played, the majority like i think 95 percent of stencil shows i've done have been in a fucking cast so, mm -hmm. like, at this at this point like people were like all right like is it a bit come on like you know but it wasn't it was for real <laughs> yeah and uh, was that uh, the arm broken was that the only um, injury resulting from the accident i tore like every fucking tendon or ligament whatever in my wrist so like my whole wrist was fucked and my arm was broken um I fucked up my foot too, but it wasn't like anything serious. Um, but yeah, that was like the big thing. So um, it was a, a radial fracture, like pretty much like right there, like that bone just like cracked in half and my whole wrist was, was fucked. So obviously that limited mobility for a long time and it still, it still is to some extent, but uh, you know, still on the, on the tractor recovery, hopefully someday I'll be able to, uh, you know, play guitar again and lift weights or whatever. And as far as getting back on a motorcycle, is that <laughs> no, that thing's trash now. <laughs> it was fucked. I sold it for like 600 bucks in a telecaster to some dude in Queens. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. 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 I, th there's a freeway out here called the, the 405. And uh, occasionally I'll just read reports from the local news about you know, people on motorcycles uh, constantly dying on that freeway. Cause it, it's such a busy freeway and it's a wide freeway. I, I think it's like, uh, like five or six lanes on each side, depending on which direction you're going. Yeah, and I think I've been on it. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you have because it, it stretches from like here to LA. It's, it's pretty far, and uh, a lot of people use it. That's why the there's so many lanes and it's so wide. But I yeah. was like, whenever I'm on it, I'm like, damn, so many people have, and not even just people on motorcycles, even like you know car accidents. Like, you know, so many deaths have happened on that freeway. So whenever I, I hear about people crashing on their, motor, their motorcycles, because I, I have a lot of friends that ride motorcycles, it's always uh, a little bit scary to hear. So I'm, I'm happy that you're able to, to to walk away and have just those injuries and nothing fatal. Yeah, I mean the the accident itself wasn't like super crazy. I was like, uh, I was going like like forty ish miles an hour, and I was just going into a turn uh, like into a turn too sharp, and I locked up my brakes and got thrown off mm-hmm. essentially. Um, if I wasn't wearing like uh, a full face helmet, and like I heard somewhere that like ninety percent of like head related motorcycle injuries are to the chin. And like my, the, my helmet was fine. Like there were no scratches on it except for all around the chin. So like my head would have rolled. I could have fucked. I don't know. I'm not going to like speculate that I would have broke my neck or some shit, but like that, that definitely, I think saved a lot of the more serious injuries from happening, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. No. And I, I see people all the time riding with like, uh, no helmet or just like way less gear than I, than That's I would crazy. like to ride. Yeah. It, it, it's it's crazy. Gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. That's so fucking stupid. Um, to getting back to standstill, um, I, I, I'm just curious because I, I, I like to look at the, the the credits and the notes on the Bandcamp when they're available. So I, I appreciate when bands uh, actually put uh, you know all the useful information in there. And I noticed that um, a practice uh, inpatience or excuse me, a practice inpatience or excuse me, God, I, I totally messed it up. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, practice inpatience. I'm trying to read really fast. Um, and in a moment's notice, uh, were recorded at the same time. Yeah. So um, we tracked nine songs total in one session with uh, our friends Chris and Evan at uh, fucking uh, Shell Shock. Fucking Shell Shock. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, sorry guys. I'm an asshole. Um at Shellshock. Um that was back when the when the studio was around. The studio doesn't uh studio doesn't exist anymore. But uh Oh wow. Yeah. That's sad to hear. I I'm a, it is sad to hear. Uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Chris Rini. I I haven't had a chance to talk to Evan Perino, but a uh, huge fan of Chris Rini. Yeah, yeah, Chris is the best. Evan's the best. Um they fucking killed it. But yeah, we did nine songs total in uh you know, I think it took like a month or something like that um and like it, it's funny too because people will be like oh like it's you know it sounds like the natural progression like you guys are really like uh uh you know evolving as songwriters and it's like uh <laughs> it's like no yeah. it's all written at the same time yeah well that's kind of the thing too that's it was kind of on purpose because we we felt like the songs that we put out for practice and patience kind of all you know had a flow and they worked together you know and then um, those three songs kind of stuck out. So we were like, all right, we'll, we'll save those for another thing. Um, at first it was going to be a split, but then we decided to just put them out and, uh, and do the live songs on the B side. So, you know, we got a We got a good bang for our buck out of, out of, uh, all that tracking. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think you did because you, you could have easily put it all on, on one record and just came out with a uh, full length, uh, you know, right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it ended up working out. You know, it is kind of a bummer that we might not have like our first LP out for for a while, just in terms of how you know vinyl pressing is going right now, and you know, just the state of everything. But mm-hmm. you know, it's cool that we were able to get like a good year and a half to two years out of 
like just that one recording session. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely impressive because I, I can't really think of too many bands that um, have been able, been able to do so much uh, with so little, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think part of the reason is, is that we treat all of the songs, you know, as if they're all like equally important, you know. Um, I mean, it, it, it was a small batch, but it, it gave us the opportunity to be like super... Um, you know, we, we paid a lot of attention to all of them. Um, so, you know, it's not like any of them are filler because they all came out on short projects. So, you know, I guess if a band could survive for two years off of a 10 track or a nine track LP, I guess it's kind of the same thing. We just decided to space it out a little bit, make it a little bit more, a little, little more interesting. Yeah, and even the fact that you, you um, space it out, the fact that there was still so much interest in the second release, I, I feel like that says a lot. Because if you put out that first batch and it wasn't good, uh, people wouldn't have uh, you know cared so much with the second outing. Right. Yeah. No, I I think it worked out. Um, and obviously, big shout out to Days for being there the whole time and fucking Nick and MZ and Sam Triple B, you know, all those guys are the reason why it did so well, you know. And I'm curious, can you explain that split, right? Because obviously the first record, uh, Days NMZ, second record, Days uh, Triple B. Uh, yeah. how, how, is, how does that work? Because normally a, a band um, uh, will just be on one singular label. Yeah, I mean, we love to try to work with as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. um, just because, like, you know, not that we had all these connections going into it. Like, we obviously met Nick just from standstill um but you know we've all been friends with lumpy for years another just long island guy legend yeah legend mosh legend uh <laughs> and you know we like when when we were doing a practice and patience it was like nmz and days were the two names we threw out the most like in terms of people we wanted to do it but that was like again we didn't have any expectations for the band at that point so that was like dream shit um, so we ended up like tossing around a bunch of ideas, um, decided to say, fuck it and just ask Lumpy, you know, what he thinks. And he was with it. He brought up NMZ without us even having to ask about it. He was like, yo, I would love to do this with NMZ because Lumpy is another one of those dudes. I mean, Lumpy, you know, has been doing what he's doing for a while now and he loves collaborations like that because it gives him the chance to like really shine in terms of you know distribution um or just like his his end of things and you know um have another person to work with in terms of being able to get shit out um like again it's almost always better to work in teams um when you're trying to do something so him and nick were just like the dream team for a practice of patience it just ended up really like working out really well and um and then in terms of uh, in a moment's notice, you know, Sam wanted to do something. Um, Lumpy and Sam are friends and, you know, that just made sense for that time. And we didn't like, you know, uh, drop it. And like NMZ still got copies. NMZ was still selling records. And like, we love Nick. Nick's fucking awesome. Um, we want to have as many people, you know, helping us at, you know, at the same time because we think that's valuable, you know. 
like obviously you know tying yourself down to one label and you know doing that thing is is also cool um and you know lumpy will always be like in the you know um in the in the circle of what standstill is you know he's helped us with everything he's pretty much our like pseudo like manager he helps us with literally almost every single thing we do um you know and even if we one day decided to go to like a bigger label you know like lumpy will be there every step of the process um but obviously like days is on the come up like one of the coolest fucking labels in hardcore right now um so he's the man and we're 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 super happy with how everything has turned out so far yeah no i feel like uh they've all done a good job of promoting and uh, doing you guys justice word yeah no I, I i feel the same way um like i said there's not really anything i would have done differently at this point you know what i mean mm. yeah no for sure yeah and, uh, from an outsider looking in it seems like you guys are on a, a good path word thank you um just curious about the the covers of the record um obviously i i've seen that hoodie before uh, no correlation between the chairs on um, a practice and oh, patience and that, that coil <laughs> hoodie <laughs> uh, well for the um for the the coyo record release the first show we played we both did batches of like we were calling them like beef shirts because we were essentially trying to replicate like the like the taking back sunday brand new beef mm -hmm. in the early 2000s so they made these hoodies and we made shirts um i don't know if i have one on me right now but we made shirts that say uh we hope they all float which they all float is like um the band that like predates koyo and then it's all of the heads from um painting words in the lines um that are like floating in a river with their eyes crossed out mm -hmm. you know because we killed them because they're dead now Okay, so so there's that connection. Okay, awesome. So <laughs> yeah. I, I was always curious, but I I, yeah. I never knew because I I wasn't there, so I I didn't I get get to see that merch. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, we 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 made a little bit uh less of those shirts than they made of these hoodies. So I think the hoodies are I th think the hoodies are a little bit better spread. I honestly haven't seen any in the wild though, so I don't know. I hope that when people see the hoodie, they're able to make a correlation. You know, that would be cool okay and as far as um in a moment's notice I, i'm curious uh where that uh, photo was taken and who that is in the photo <laughs> so um ridge did that art and ridge is like a a wizard in terms of like being able to find things on the internet and, you know mash them together and create things mm -hmm. um, so to be honest like both of those pictures to my knowledge are stock photos I have no clue who that person is. I don't know what the bus is like. It's they're just random fucking things that Ridge found. But Ridge is like again like a fucking wizard. He's able to create shit out of thin air. So um, that's kind of where that that cover came from. Um, in terms of the concept, I mean, obviously we the the correlation you can make between that one and the other one are like we we love when and when a piece of album art has like a focal point you know like a centerpiece so obviously the first one is the fucking stool this one is the girl on the bus um you know we'll probably do something similar for the next one but you know that was kind of the idea or the concept that we gave to ridge and that's what he came back with yeah. man no it, it, it's awesome the uh 
the just the color orange it, it makes it uh, pop and stick out so whenever i, I I'm, I'm scrolling through anything whether it be my spotify or social media and i see it i'm like i instantly know what it is right that's that was that was part of the decision making too you know um because i feel like a lot of the time that's how people find new music is through album art and you know we don't live in a time where the only place people find new records are record stores you know a lot of the times when people find new records they're scrolling through a, a, a spotify playlist or a catalog on a label's website or whatever so it's good to be able to have something that'll pop out you know people will notice it so i think we were able to kind of do that successfully on on this on this cover because like the first thing you see is the orange you're like oh okay that's cool and then you have to zoom in and see everything else i don't know i think it worked out ridge is a fucking master you know so 100 yeah i'm a huge fan of ridge shout out life's question shout out their new record uh world full of and shout out new world man uh, you know they're, yeah yeah he's doing awesome stuff 100 okay Ridge uh, is also a broken arm sufferer <laughs> oh really his arm's broken right now i had no idea well he he had broken it at one point and then uh rebroke it you know kind of the same situation we literally have the same break the same radial fracture in the middle um, which is something we talk about a lot. We have the same like little fucking scar and everything. It's funny, but he was able to bounce back from it and still be able to fucking shred. So. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe he can be a source of inspiration and show you that there is a, is. a, a no, path to get back to playing and being able to lift and. Yeah, yeah. Not that I lift. I don't know if I should have said. Oh, okay. I, I just assumed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a power lift or anything. I would just like to be able to work out once in a while if I want to. <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for sure. You, you want to be able to use your arm uh, freely and not be yeah. held back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm curious about. Uh, I, I was uh, on the Instagram and you mentioned uh, this collab with. Uh, is it uh, pronounced a two seven A or twenty seven A? Twenty seven A. Okay. Yeah. 27a brewing company uh how did that whole thing come together because i love when bands uh, have cool collaborations and put out uh stuff other than your typical uh, merch item so for people to be able to go out uh you know pick up something stencil related and be able to consume it I, I think that's really cool yeah yeah so um 27a is a brewery based out of lindenhurst on long island and the dude who owns it um his name is ryan cook he is a lindenhurst guy brian and Brian Kerr from my band are Lindenhurst guys, so they've known each other forever. Um, 27A is just like notoriously like a really cool like brewery for like hardcore kids specifically. I mean, like um, Somerset Thrower a while back did a live session in 27A. I, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. I forget where, but you can look it up. And uh, that's like the inside of the brewery. Um, so obviously they have strong ties to Long Island and Lindenhurst and hardcore and everything. So um, forget whose idea it was to do the beer but we ended up talking to ryan and making it happen um you know we made the label um i came up with the with l my love title it's cool <laughs> um yeah yeah and it, it tastes really fucking good we we sold out of them at the record release show and uh yeah I, I i would love to do more shit like that in the future i think when bands do shit like that it's it's really cool it gives you something to hold on to you know like people will hopefully fucking keep that can you know and like just have that on a shelf somewhere like that's the the, the goal for me obviously i want people to like have fun but you know to be able to have that as a little piece of like like incendiary has beer too like there's always like a you know incendiary beer on like an empty can on like the shelf at amh you know mm -hmm. so I like stuff like that. I like, 
doing you know we we did a lot of cool merch around that time we did windbreakers and shorts and shit like that so to be able to have a beer too is uh is pretty cool beer army so you mentioned that it sold out at the show and i know it sold out previously before that um will this uh you know flavor be available going forward or is it just that's it since it sold out um as of as of recording this um there are still some at the brewery there are some at uh Vauxhall and Huntington and uh LC Lane Winghouse um so you can still find them um i'm sure they'll be around for for a while um you know i don't know if it's something that we're going to like do a whole lot this might be the only time we ever do it so um you know fucking drink up get fucking crazy I, I think it's awesome. I, I I would definitely, if I was in the area, because uh, obviously I'm a fan of the band, or even if a band out here did something like that, because there's tons of breweries out here. I I, I think that would be cool to, to travel out and be able to you know grab that piece of item because yeah, things like that don't happen too often. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fun. Um, we were making jokes at the show where like we we need everyone to break edge right now on this one. <laughs> you know, like our bassist Reinecker is straight edge, but like we were like, oh, come on. Just do it. Like, <laughs> you have to know what it tastes like. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I, I think it's cool that because uh, I'm like reading the description and, um, you know, uh, I, I think it's cool that you uh, uh, or that they included um, orange in the, the flavor because obviously yeah, it, yeah. it's so cool that uh, the uh, the cover art and everything is all orange. So the, the fact that they even uh, had the idea to tie that flavor into the beer is really cool. Yeah. I mean, we wanted to do a sour at first. Um but they weren't able to do a sour, but they were able to do the Blondelle. And we were like, all right, we'll do like orange, cherry, whatever. He, uh, Ryan came up with the idea for the flavor. So, yeah, it, it, it turned out fucking awesome. Okay. Oh, yeah, so. that's cool. And now I'm, I'm curious, were people drinking them at the show or was it just? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So people are getting crazy. Yeah. Well, when I say it sold out at the show, it's like people like drank all of the fucking cans that were available at the show oh see, <laughs> I, I i picture you guys with like a toad and this warm ass nah, beer nah, and people nah. were putting them in their cars or something yeah we got a fucking giant cooler no they were selling them at the bar at amh okay um, i forget how many exactly they were but it was a lot so fucking yeah we, we, we were able to sell it sell out of them at the show which was cool yeah, no, that, that that that's a really cool thing. Yeah, obviously people uh, definitely came out and supported that. That that's definitely a, a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, I hope people um, who listen to this or um, and who still haven't had a chance or or if they want more to hit those locations that you mentioned and go out and uh, you know hopefully sell it out um, everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a goal. I mean, I would like it to to I would like to be able to grab them at least you know like give me like a month or two to be able to drink them <laughs> mm-hmm. and get through them yeah, i would just like to hold on, on to the memory as long as i can but uh you know if they sell out too that's cool for sure um okay and well, coming just, to a Seven Eleven near you <laughs> oh man um would uh, yeah that'd be really funny yeah we were making jokes about like the standstill like mcdonald's menu like being next up <laughs> Yo, uh, that that would be a a, a cool thing because I'm well, who was the last person to get? Uh, I think Jack Harlow might have been the last person to get their own meal. He got his at KFC. Um, yeah, because he, he did had, both. Uh, no, no, I mean he he, he just got uh, just KFC because he's from Louisville, oh, so it, it oh, like cool. made sense for them to partner up. Um, and then I I know somebody I think somebody got a Burger King meal. Which I'm trying to think who that was. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
I know there was like Megan the Stallion and uh uh what's the the K-pop thing? Uh, BTS. BTS. Mm-hmm. Uh Travis Scott, you know. So yeah, stand stills on this. Yeah. All right. And I, I'm curious, uh, what would your meal be? My meal would be, okay, well, first of all, it would have to be the spicy nuggets, not the regular ones. I mean, I love the, the regular ones, but the spicy ones are fucking awesome. Okay. Right now we have them on Long Island. I don't know if they're like available everywhere else, but like for like the past week, we've had them on Long Island. So I've been unfortunately going to McDonald's a little more recently. Um, it would be that. It would probably be, uh, it would be a large Coke for sure and a fry and the spicy nuggets like a 10 piece spicy nugget it'd be a 10 piece spicy nugget meal with a large coke barbecue sauce and probably a mcchicken and make it like it would have to be like like six bucks okay fairly priced so not a spicy mcchicken just a normal mcchicken so i haven't i i I only had a spicy mcchicken once i don't think they do you have those on the west coast like can you get that right now i haven't been to mcdonald's i'd have to check if i'm being honest yeah because i know they have the spicy chicken sandwich like which is a different thing Mm -hmm. um that doesn't have like the crazy lettuce on it um but okay so yeah if we if we could do that then that would be cool (laughs) okay a special appearance by your cat yeah, he's being a fucking menace right now. What's your cat's name? His name is Moski. Moski. Or I mean, his 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 full name is Mo. Okay. What's up, Mo? Which, Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ow, fuck. Okay, never mind. He's gone. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm curious about the um, record release show for um, In a Moment's Notice. Uh, yeah. A pretty uh, cool lineup. Uh, it, it was definitely awesome to see um, Hangman on the bill. They're, they're not too active these days. Obviously, members are doing other stuff but i think uh, the song that they had on the once in unity comp was awesome so it, it's always cool to see them doing anything yeah it's funny you could cons- i feel like you could consider hangman to be like a super group at this point you know yeah uh, which i mean obviously like when they started i guess it'd be like six or seven years ago now um it, it was just one of those like long island bands and now it's like michael scott fucking paint of truth and you got uh like ron's doing jab tone's got fucking yes duke and harold uh, harold's got fucking that band <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so it's it's cool to see you know um hangman still being able to do shit while everyone has their like successor projects you know what i mean i i i appreciate that a lot and i love hangman hangman's like i said it at the show one of the first long island like one of the first like newer local long island bands that i was really 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 into so it was really cool for them to be able to play the record release yeah no, no, uh, they're sick i I remember uh when they first came to california I, i wasn't too in tune with them but i had a buddy um, reach out. He was like, "Hey, there's this band Hangman because uh, they were on tour with Backtrack at the time. They, they were uh, they hit me up there. Hey, there's this band Hangman playing. Like, you have to be there for their set. Like, they're super sick. So from that moment on, I was a fan of that band. Yeah, they're fucking cool, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and as far as the rest of the lineup, you mentioned Warren earlier. Um, it, it's definitely cool to see them uh, getting out to Long Island and doing more because I'm, I'm a huge fan of that band." Um, but uh, did that relationship start at SWB or um, how did you decide to ask them to play? 
No, I mean, we've known them for a while. Like, uh, uh, my old band played with Lorna Bunch. Um, I'm pretty sure uh, Reinecker and Brian's band, No Idea. I'm pretty sure they played with Lorna Bunch. I mean, they're just one of those bands that have been around for such a long time. They've played so many shows um, that we just kind of met them through those means. Um, we were going to do a tour with them this summer, but we weren't able to. Unfortunately, they, they ended up still doing the tour and it was fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was one of those things where it was just kind of a no-brainer to to at least ask them to to play it because we love them they have a good reaction every time they play long island just because they're one of those bands that are they're heavy as fuck you know everyone can vibe with it um and yeah I, again just really cool band really glad they were able to play mm-hmm. and you know going down the list like victory garden uh it's always cool to see them doing stuff i, I would love it if they got out and, and did more yeah i mean you know, LDB was probably the biggest one for them at this point, um, mm-hmm. which was really fucking cool. And it was really cool to see people there like enjoying it and stuff. Um, and their set the other night was by far their best set yet. Um, I mean, just in terms of reaction, people singing along, people being stoked on it. Um, they played a silent majority cover, which had everyone fucking, you know, Going, screaming and yeah. crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, awesome fucking dudes they have new music coming out soon um and i love them you know one of the best bands and like like i was talking about duncan earlier duncan's just one of those dudes he's been around forever he fucking he knows what's up um you know they they play fun covers every show too like they've done green day covers they've done op ivy covers um so for them to play the they've done capital covers which duncan was in that band um so for them to do the sm cover at at our show is really special you know really appreciated that a lot and yeah i would love to see them do more for sure well hopefully with the new music they they're down to do more and make time yeah. for it again it's like one of those super group bands you know obviously chris danny fucking john duncan and michael like it's just that's you know like we're a long island band but i feel like victory garden is pretty much as long island as it gets in terms of bands that are playing right now you know yeah no for sure i i I can only see that yeah and um wild red probably my favorite band from the you know scran wilkesbury area i i love them and i've i I still to this day i still haven't seen them so that's like one band that i'm like dying to see live yeah i mean they're i I, they don't play a shit ton nowadays um i mean obviously they're a newer band but uh you know we we did that tour with them last year which was fucking awesome um so again it was one of those no-brainer bands but you know jonah's been doing the hot mulligan thing and mm-hmm. you know they've they've got all kinds of other stuff going on so it's really cool when they do get to play and yeah they're just one of those bands that are fucking fun as fuck to watch like um i could say the same thing about victory guard in that sense where even if you don't know any of the songs it's a fun band to watch um so i think you know they were like obviously they had a cool set and between them and warren like had the whole wilkes bar presence happening and yeah love those guys i'm super glad they got to play they had a really good set and then the last band is it pronounced them in way or on on we on we okay yeah and i i'm curious i i'm not too familiar with with that band so I, i'm just curious obviously they're from the area um can you speak about them yeah i mean they are a newer band um and I, I think they played their first show 
uh, I don't even know if it was last year. It could have been this year. Um, but they've been playing like so many shows in Long Island and having great reactions every time. Um, their singer has been around for a long time. You know, he's been going to shows in Long Island for decades. Um, and, you know, everyone else in that band is super fucking awesome. The band is really cool. You know, we in terms of like talking about like local openers, like they were just on the top of the list because, like I said, they've been doing a lot. Um playing a lot of cool shows and they sound really cool you know it's like that like um i guess the right word would be like screamo like like heavy screamo kind of sound um you know like that orchid kind of vibe um, okay. and, and not a style i'm super familiar with but you know i appreciate it and uh you know i like them a lot so really glad they got to play as well. They played the night before too. They played the night before our show at, uh, at, at Shakers pub, which is another long Island venue. So I had a little long Island weekender. <laughs> Good old Shakers um, pub. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. never forget that place. I, I want to go there someday. You haven't been, it's, it's, it's cool. You know, it's, I, I haven't been there in a long time. I haven't been there since we played there, uh, last year. Um, apparently they've done some, renovation i think there's like a wall mural now or some wallpaper or something i heard about <laughs> um but yeah shakers i guess is part of the long island pilgrimage at least at this point and it's one of the only i think three venues right now that are doing hardcore shows you know we have amh we have shakers and we have the mazapico vfw um which i mean the mazapico vfw is like super new like that's just like a post-covid venue literally mm -hmm. like that was when we started doing shows there mostly spearheaded by my friend john arkandiza that plays drums in interlove he does like mostly emo shows there and every once in a while we'll do like a like a lighter hardcore show there um but that room is fucking awesome you could pack like 300 kids in there easily kill your idols played there um so it's it's been really cool so far to have a place like that um that's not a bar like there is a bar there but you know we can have all ages shows there uh -huh. that have nothing to do with the bar so it's cool it's cool to have that thing happening on long island again because i feel like it's something we were missing for a long time for sure yeah no it's, it's, it's nice to hear that there's uh, stable places that have shows because i know uh there's definitely um, scenes out there that uh you know that's a big problem not being able to have a consistent venue and having to try to track down any place that would be willing to host a show right no we're, we're spoiled in that sense you know we always have somewhere you know even if it's one spot we always have a place to go so you know every time a venue shuts down you know usually we're able to find something else um like during the pandemic we lost uh revolution mm -hmm. talking about it like it's a fucking person we lost they passed <laughs> um but yeah we lost that venue and that was our only like 500 cap room you know so now it's like there's no in between it's like like a 250 cap room or a 300 cap room or like a 1500 cap room. There's no middle ground. So that's like the, the rough thing that we're trying to work out right now is like that gray area. But as of right now, we haven't really had an issue doing shows at the places we have so far. So, you know, for sure. Yeah. You just got to make it work. And it's cool that, um, you know, you have those three places and it's cool that, uh, you know, shakers made it through the pandemic because I, I know a lot of businesses were struggling. Um, so to, to be able to hear that they had a show, um, you know, I'm super recent. It, it's only cool because I, uh, you know, hadn't checked up and even, uh, you know, knew that it was still open. So knowing that it's still going on, it's definitely a cool thing to see. Yeah, no, for sure. 
and also uh, props to you for putting on a new band on your record release because you could have easily uh you know grabbed any other um way more established band but it's cool to see you putting on for uh, a newer band because I, I think that's really important especially in that setting um with all those other um, well-established bands and people in attendance obviously know all those other bands and they might not be familiar with the opening band so to be able to expose them to maybe a newer audience i i think that's really awesome and important yeah no i i agree um I think that that band is going to go on to do a lot of really cool shit. Um, you know, they don't really put themselves in a box ever. So, you know, all, all cool people, um, you know, members of a lot of other cool bands too. So yeah, it's just another Long Island success. <laughs> For sure. That's awesome. I, I'm a huge fan of the Long Island scene. Um, but I, I am curious that, you know, since you are, um, you know, doing these um, roles, uh, you know, behind the scenes with music, uh, is it going to be hard for you to, to balance like being a, a, a TM and being out on the road and all the stencil stuff going on? I don't think so. I, it hasn't been a problem so far. Um, you know, I try not to take on too many projects at once. Um, or at least in terms of work, uh, like, you know, right now terror is like the only band I'm doing like consistently. Um, and you know, stand still like we, we, we play a lot of shows, but like we, we aren't necessarily, at least at this point, aren't doing like a month and a half long runs. So, um, as of right now, it hasn't been like, obviously every once in a while we'll have a scheduling conflict. We got to squash, but like, obviously it hasn't been like detrimental, um, to this point so yeah it's 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 been cool um you know it's it's nice to also stay busy you know like i haven't really not that i haven't had adult moment like i'm not gonna act like i'm fucking like grinding tooth and nail but uh it's been it, it's been a good amount of busy you know it's been a fun amount of busy and uh, will you be with terror in september yeah uh, yeah I oh be with them in september, yeah. awesome cool it's crazy to see how that band just constantly staying busy. Yeah, no, I mean, best band in hardcore by far. Yeah, I I argue that um, I'll quit hardcore when they do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just because yeah, you won't have to quit; it'll just be over. Yeah, because I'm a huge fan of Terror. I, they're one of the first bands that I listened to getting into hardcore um, back in like uh, it was like you know sometime 2002 when I was a freshman in high school. So I, I've always uh, held that band uh, to a special place in my heart. So it's, it's always cool to see them uh, getting so much love and still being able to be active and actually still putting out good music because it, it, yeah. it's rare for a band to stick around as long as they have and still put out good music. Yeah, I mean, something I say a lot is one of the keys to being successful in music is volume. Um, and they're one of those bands that's just always putting out good records. And that's why they've, you know, between putting out good records and doing really good tours with good support, um, you know, they have just done, you know, what they do for such a long time and they're, you know, pros at it. So, and it's funny too, for me to, you know, as a 24 year old who's never been on a full US with my own band to go out with a band like Terror, you know, uh, it's it's a little ironic, a little funny, but, you know, it, it it's cool. Works out. Yeah, no, it, it, it's definitely awesome. And I'm stoked for you to be able to get that kind of opportunity to kind of get to um, obviously view um, the scene in a different lens. Right. Because obviously uh, uh, being a, a normal showgoer, that's one being in a band is another. But now you're actually you know, being a TM on a, a you know, cool tour. I, I think that's really cool for you. Yeah, no, it's it's 
like like i said it's work you know mm-hmm. it's definitely like the the professionalism and being making sure shit is getting done like all of that comes first but you know at the end of the night like i'm at a terror show every night for a month you know so it's cool it's fun okay that's awesome and i, I want to wrap things up uh, but I'm, I'm just curious about um the uh, setting that you're in is that uh your studio or um, where are you at currently yeah yeah it's uh it's the I, I like to call it the beat station or the the, the base spaceship the the, the yeah the, ba- the base ship yeah because i like <laughs> the the little spyro you got in the back yeah 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 that's it, my best game franchise of all time and is that a pain of truth hat behind you as well it is a pain of truth hat it's a pain of truth hat that fits me really bad but i like it a lot like i don't necessarily know if that's the vibe but anyway. okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually uh, have one on right? I'm going backwards. You can't really see it, but I have a pain of truth yeah, right yeah. there. Just like kind of hiding in the corner, which was not intentional. That, that's just been sitting there. So, uh huh. Um, yeah, I'm not like a big hat guy most of the time, but I shaved my head impulsively a few weeks back. So now I've been wearing more hats. Yeah, that that's something that I, that I want to do. I, I recently got a haircut, but it's, it's just like I realized I didn't cut it as short as I wanted. And I just like, man, I just need to chop it all off because I'm sick of having longer hair. <laughs> yeah, I hate getting haircuts because it's like I spend 40 bucks and I don't like it. And then I like it for a week and then I'm like, all right, now I need another one. You know, I was doing it for a while and now I'm just kind of on the I'm just going to shave my head in my fucking bathtub every two weeks. and That'll be that. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, you take it upon yourself. Just handle it on your own and save that forty bucks. That's what I'm saying. So I can buy more uh, eats shit. Okay. All right. <laughs> and I am curious. Uh, uh, Spyro. Uh, I, I didn't realize. I, I didn't even know you, you play video games. So th- th- that is uh, something awesome to yeah, to hear. I'm not like a fucking MLG ass fucking gamer or anything. Like I don't. You know, it's not like one of my pastimes, but. Uh, Spyro was my shit growing up and best game sound best I mean you know best everything best game soundtrack of all time shout out Stuart Copeland um but that's kind of like where my gaming like starts and ends I'm a big like Elder Scrolls guy okay I love all that shit like I've been like playing Morrowind super recently um you know I'm into all of like that like fantasy like lore type shit um a lot of that comes from my parents watching like Lord of the Rings obsessively when I was a kid um but yeah I'm into that shit you know the occasional like call of duty or minecraft and that's pretty much it and I've other shit but you know nothing like crazy and do you dabble in the game of thrones no i never i mean like again my parents watch that a lot too but it's just too much fucking for me you know okay for like, sure it's not it's not like a good amount of fucking it's just like a little too much fucking you know like i i would like to see more sword fights a little bit less fucking you know okay yeah no i i, I definitely um you know see your point on that yeah i'm also like not necessarily like a tv guy like i don't really watch like shows like that like you know i've never watched like game of thrones or sopranos or breaking bad or walking dead or any of that shit i just can't like i can't stay in tune long enough to like get through a show that's that immense and long you know maybe on tour new hobby you're gonna have some spare time some downtime on these long drives yeah i mean when when I have the long drives, I'm usually either working on music or working on other shit. And like, I, I, I don't want to sound like fucking pretentious or sound like a loser or anything, but like, I would rather be 
doing something productive, but that's just kind of how my brain works. Like I just have to be like doing something. I mean, I could see myself getting like crazy invested in a show and like becoming obsessed over it, but I would rather like be obsessed over something else, I guess. I don't know. That's true. I, I don't think you're a loser for that. Uh, you know, um, everybody <laughs> spends their, you know, um, time differently. So you know, if that's how you spend your time, that that's totally chill. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm again, not a perfectionist. I'm a, like a more of like a completionist. That's why I like Spyro so much because it's just collecting shit. You know, I'm just, uh, like going around and trying to fulfill my need for things. Okay. So. Well, you've inspired me. I got to dive into Spyro. Um, I played the first one, but I get motion sickness, so I couldn't handle the camera movement back then. Really. Yeah, but now I'm I'm way better with it because I, I play a first person shooter like every day with my buddy Nate. Uh, we play Apex every day, so and that doesn't affect me at all. So I, I think I yeah. should revisit Spyro and uh, enjoy that game. Yeah, they. I mean, they did the reignited trilogy. Mm -hmm. uh, which personally I'm not like a huge fan of. I would rather play the OG ones. Um, but that one I know like has motion blur and you can take off the motion blur. Like, you know, if you want to get like a general feel for the games, like you could totally just play that. Um, but I, I think the OG ones are just in terms of like art style colors and just like the general vibe, like the first three are just like fucking immaculate. All right. Well, thank you. I'll let me check that out. Uh, Jerry, I definitely appreciate your time today. This has been super awesome. But before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, yeah. I mean, we're playing in Brooklyn on September 23rd for the Day Streets I Hate Triple B showcase, um, which is at Market Hotel, I believe. Um, and then after that, like I said, we're doing pre-pro for an LP in October. Um, so keep an eye out for that um not a whole lot else going on in terms of standstill stuff i mean obviously we'll be keeping everyone up to date on social media and stuff so follow us there but uh yeah i mean record release show is fucking awesome um if you want to listen to my passion project fucking idm bullshit um my thing is uh jerry windis on instagram and I think I have a I have a link tree in my bio to where you can find my music. Um and yeah, I mean I just love podcasts, love talking about music, I love talking about things. So I appreciate you having me on. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I definitely appreciate it. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Goodbye. <laughs>